live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Oh, si, senor. Dimly lit room, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. We're already midway through the week, which is awesome. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. My desire to commit acts of violence. Huh. That's an interesting general manager. That's uh, one of the more interesting we've ever had. Uh, Your desire to commit acts of violence. I am reading about school and university policies re-COVID right now. And... Just before the show, and it's made me so angry, I want to swing on somebody. I don't know who. There's nobody here, certainly, that deserves to be swung on. And certainly not that would help the situation that you're talking about. Well, certainly not, but I'm thinking about if somebody were were materially harming your child, maybe physically, they were laying hands on your child, or maybe they were torturing them emotionally, deliberately causing emotional anguish to your child. I, I, I almost said something unfortunate. i got to calm down. I'm a Christian man. I'd freaking loosen their teeth. I'd go animal on them. I'd go ape on them, right? And yet right. we have institutions, unions, who are doing that, knowingly doing it. Or if they don't know it, they're so blanking, blanking, stupid and ignorant, they shouldn't be in charge of anything. I'd like to hit them on the head with a bat. There, I said it. Well, most people are on your side, it would seem, right now. As yeah. uh, as most schools are staying open, and then even in Chicago, even though the teachers aren't going to show up today, and they voted overwhelmingly not to show up, the mayor is saying you got to show up. Yeah, although I feel like, you know, um, and you're right, you're absolutely right, and that's a good point, but I feel like somebody's punching my child and somebody's telling me, you know, most people are on your side. Your child should not be punched. And yet the, the damage is still being done day by day, week by week to these poor kids. And it just it just makes me so angry. There's a terrific article I'll share with you a little bit uh, later. Marty Macri is a doctor from uh, a Ph.D. from Johns Hopkins. Uh, his headline is, University's COVID Policies Defy Science and Reason. They will shock you. This, the level of stupidity at our alleged institutions of higher learning are, they're elephantine. They're mind-boggling. They're the stupidest stupid that's ever been stupided. Good Lord, a pox on your giant ivy-covered houses. You jackasses, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. You jackasses, I hate you. That's a good place to start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, January 5th, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, we approve of this program. Let's begin then officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations, precisely at Mark. We are staying open. We're going to do, to do everything that we have to do to keep our schools open. There you go. As the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, who is speaking for a more reasonable human beings all across America. He also said people need to go back to work. Uh, he, he was on MSNBC in which uh, they made the point that the bars and restaurants are packed 
in New York City, but the workplaces are empty because the businesses say, I better not come back to work yet or work remotely. Meanwhile, the bars and restaurants are packed, so people aren't actually afraid of being together in a room, right. but just not at work. And it's your boss's call. I mean, it's not... Right. And that's, well, it's kind of that way that most places. I had never really thought about that before, but it's true. I spent two weeks running around uh, half the country, and I don't think I ever waited less than a half hour for a table at a restaurant ever at this point, and uh, stores packed and everything like that. But the places where people work are empty. What is the what's the theory behind that? Yeah, yeah, that's How hilarious. About that? I suppose. Well, and, and on the topic of the schools, I need to remind you that the Chicago's teacher, Chicago Teachers Union tweeted, the push to reopen schools is rooted in sexism, racism, and misogyny. Mm. Sexism and misogyny. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, well, that's the worst. I, I swear, I feel so deeply for the parents of, of oh, yeah. students in those school districts. Whew. Yeah, that's I truly rough. do. That's yeah. rough. And so... Uh... God help you when the Omicron comes to wherever you are. It's going to come to every area in the country. It's going to be around, it would appear to be, for about two weeks, and then it will leave, no matter what anybody does. And it will lay waste to practically no one. Well, it will lay waste to your life in that uh, your kid's going to be out of school because of the rules, or you're not going to be able to go to work because of the rules, and you're not going to be able to get a test because there aren't enough tests anywhere, and you got to get a test to go back to work or to go back to school. And your babysitter can't watch your kid because they can't be around somebody who's got COVID for their work, and it just is a—it's all a sham. I mean, it's all a, just a weird, weird kabuki theater game. But it's true because I'm living it right now. You can't get a test. I was going to say that phrase you used: "Get a test." <laughs> <laughs> And then for the tests that you buy, now somebody, uh, I saw somebody, I haven't looked around L.A., but somebody said there are none in L.A., the ones you buy at the store. Mm -hmm. Um, I checked my CVS right and everything like that. I was Googling all over the place. I don't think my son has COVID, um, but I needed to get a test to have have him go because he's coughing, and I couldn't find a test anywhere. They got one at Walmart. The dual two test kits that, that really aren't any good anyway, but whatever. No, no. Um, that hundred dollars, ninety nine dollars, ninety nine bucks, and they got a couple of them left for Walmart. a test that ought to cost you what, like eight or be free at this point. I mean, if we think, if we think everybody needs to be tested, then that should be that. That's a that's a reasonable expenditure of taxpayers' money if we think that that's what needs to happen to get society to work. Right, but I'm I, I'm not convinced of that. Given no, the fact no, that these tests aren't, aren't very accurate. Well, yeah, they miss a huge number of, of, of positives. Um, and, and the other thing is, given the fact that this thing is practically harmless to the vast majority of the population, and by the way, if you're vaccinated, the numbers, uh, the chance of you getting dangerously ill are so tiny, you might as be well as be willing, or I'm sorry, worried about, I don't know, like not shark attacks, like seriously, wombat attacks. Or, or, or three-toed sloth attacks. But I'm just saying, it's going to disrupt your life. Oh, yeah. Because your school, where you work, everything is going to follow the policies that are currently in place, and it's going to be a mess. And Omicron's coming, and we're all going to deal with this for like two weeks, and then it'll go away. New York City had its first decline yesterday. So New York City got hit by Omicron first. They get just crazy number of cases for two weeks. Now it's going down, and that's way the bend the pattern all around the world. But it's going to happen where you live, where I live, and it's going to be a, a mess. Yeah.
Yeah. School, work, everything's going to be a mess. I got one and, question. And all for Soviet Union-style, meaningless, you know, gyrating because the authorities tell you to. Yes. I got yeah, one question before, yes. I, uh, before I ask the question I always ask before we go to break. Yes. Um, mattress alongside the road as I'm coming to work. Mm. I have had a mattress fly out of my vehicle before, but I've never had a mattress fly out of my vehicle that I wouldn't go back and get. Because I went back and got mine because it was, well, it was my mattress that I slept on. How do you end up in a situation where you've got like a spare mattress you're moving and if it flies out, you think, eh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm picturing, I think we've all had the experience of uh, being behind a a truck, a pickup truck or whatever that has stuff just flying out. Right, right. On a motorcycle, that's especially fun. Oh, golly. Yeah, and the driver is blissfully unaware of what's oh, happening. Oh, he drive doesn't on know. And on and You're on right. On. That's yeah. how it happens. They don't it, know. They get to their destination and think, oh, crap. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, You'd think they'd retrace their steps depending on the length of the journey. I mean, as you point out, a mattress is not a cheap item. <laughs> Unless it's old and crappy anyway, and they think, eh, how to replace it anyway. God, I backed up in 80-mile-an-hour traffic right alongside the little curb, barely any room, whatever. I wasn't going to let this expensive mattress at this point in my life just disappear. Yeah. 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 And by myself, I heaved it up with Herculean strength back into my truck. Oh, wow. Were you shirtless? And failed to tie it down properly again, but drove home. <laughs> Um, how does how does mailbag look? Yes, Michael. You've just confessed to a crime. Yes, Michael. My dad did this with a Christmas tree. The Christmas tree went off the roof, and yes, he was out in the middle of the highway getting that thing because it was an expensive tree. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> a little yeah. battered. You've been scraped. While we all duck down in the car pretending not to know him. Those of you who leave the mattresses, the chairs, the couches alongside the road that fly out, congratulations on your wealth, because you must not need to go back and get them. The rest of us do. How does a mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding. Super fast moving. It's like a go-go 21st century mailbag. (laughs) Cool. That's next. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. As we pulled into town, there was a breakdown. As the moonlight hit the town. But it was a new... Based on my whining yesterday, there is a new Twitter account uh, <laughs> called Jack's Awesome Life. Is that what it's called? I lost track of it here. Um, huh. Yeah. Which, you know, cool. Well, Appreciate your resolution that. is to make your life less crappy? Less sucky. Yes, because my life sucked last year. Jack's Awesome Life. That's a new Twitter account that he'll be tweeting at us. Fantastic. Wow. Fantastic. Joining Joe Getty's beard. (laughs) Right. Joe Um, Getty quotes and several others. Jack's head. Jack's bald head is a Twitter account. That's right. Did your camel have an account at one point? I think so. And most Twitter accounts, by the way, are of about that level. (laughs) Are of about that level. Interesting study about violence and how many people have experienced that is making a lot of waves except you should know the criteria behind it before you react. Stay tuned for that. Boy, that'll be some good misreporting for the next week, I'm sure. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. This week we're focusing on forward-looking New Year's-ish quotes. This from J.P. Morgan, the great financier of the 20th uh, century. Are you unhappy with your life? You unhappy with your gig? Maybe where you live? I don't know. There's something something you're not happy with, and you know it. It's bothering you. Here's your quote. The first step towards getting somewhere is to decide you're not going to stay where you are. Mm. 
And that sounds obvious. It almost sounds dumb. But if you decide, it's easy to get hung up on, well, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Well, that has that limitation. That has that challenge. That has that problem. And then you get stuck. Just decide, I'm not going to stay with the status quo. A, a common phrase in the like world of alcohol and drugs is, uh, but you can apply it to a lot of things. If you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting, which is yeah, just, just no really no getting around that logic. Yeah, it's 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 good stuff. Yeah, well said. Uh, mailbag. Joel writes, uh, guys, welcome back. Great to hear your live voices. Uh, I was loving Jack's example of uh, people laughing at stupid s. Well, I would <laughs> I would characterize it as somewhat less than clever conversation. I'm trying to be charitable. Right. Uh, I especially love the really clever ones like, how many anniversaries of your 29th birthday have you celebrated? I reply with, I know, right? (laughs) Cheers to all of you in 22. And he uh, says, bring back the old tropes. We're here for you in 22. That's, yeah, well. Or it's probably just the flu in 22. It's probably just the flu. (laughs) Nice. I like that one. Jennifer in Marin with a bit of a criticism. I was so excited to see the title of the first hour of today's podcast. The myth of Procrustes, the innkeeper who trimmed or stretched his guests to fit the bed is one of my favorites. And the metaphor is so apt for so much of today's craziness. A vivid and delightfully gross illustration of the whole fitting the narrative nonsense. But you brushed over it for shame. So I went ahead and looked up the myth of Procrustes. Yeah, I don't know that story. Yeah, he uh, it's uh, he he was a rogue smith and bandit innkeeper who attacked people by stretching them or cutting off their legs so as to force them to fit the size of an iron bed. Now, the specifics of the plot, I don't know. I didn't look into it. But the word procrustean is thus used to describe situations where an arbitrary standard is used to measure success while completely disregarding obvious harm that results from the effort. That's interesting. I'm sure I've heard that word a lot of times and just glossed over the fact that I didn't know what it meant. But Here's uh, an example for you. A case positivity rate. Right. If it gets above 17%, we're going to close the schools. It's an arbitrary standard, completely disregarding the obvious harm that results. Even NPR mentioned today that a lot of the new cases are people that found out they had COVID in the hospital. Even NPR said that today. So at least America's waking up to that thing. I've been yes. in the hospital, uh, uh, as you all know, I had my gallbladder out. I, had, I was in the hospital. I got tested for COVID several times. My son was in the hospital in the last couple of months. He got tested for COVID. Both of us would have counted as COVID hospitalizations. <laughs> and the, and you would have been, you would have been the exciting breakthrough case. Right. Ooh. And he would have been the exciting child case oh a child hospitalized with covid oh my goodness close the schools see child idiots who i'd like to hit over the head with a bat as previously (laughs) mentioned uh jennifer goes on to mention uh, lysurgis and i'm not going to bother you with uh, his story but he says uh, she says that in turn could be an excellent segue to my daughter's favorite conversation starter would you rather change sexes every time you sneeze or be unable to tell the difference between a muffin and a baby Oh, that's the best one of those I've ever heard. Oh, my God. Take that, duck-sized horses. <laughs> would you rather oh change God. sexes every time you sneeze? Which would be a problem. Be... 
or an opportunity, <laughs> or be unable to tell the difference between a muffin and a baby. Well, that one well, could be tragic. Well, the, yeah, the first one could be, uh, you know, complex and, and strange, certainly, and but sexy. the second one could be horrifying. Well, right. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, you're a lesbian? No problem. Uh, two. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Where were we? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I promised fast moving. Here we go. Sherry writes, when will the mask th- uh, mandates have to end? The masks will end when the first sea turtle shows up with one around their neck. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Been listening to us from the beginning. Sherry, thanks, Sherry, for both that funny, funny line and for listening uh, for so long. Then uh, this from JT. Well, it seems irrefutable that Omicron pretty much ignores simple masks, cloth, surgical, etc. The fact remains that the Delta variant is still out there. Uh, if there's a reasonable chance that a simple mask helps limit da- uh, Delta, mm. then we should still wear masks. JT, a fair point, but I have not seen any data that would indicate that the, you know, I've the, got the latest data on this right in front of me, just coincidentally, and that of the, the everyman mask works against Delta. Ninety-seven percent of COVID cases in January were Omicron in America already, so there it's it's yeah. almost the only. Yeah, a fair point, but I don't yeah. think it it really matters much. Right? How much time do we have, Michael? Uh, okay, a couple of quick ones. Jason writes, "Stop demonizing the poor." Okay. Okay. Poor demons. Uh, moving along. Hispanics are now the majority in California. Does that mean they are the oppressors and the white population is the oppressed? I need to know quickly. (laughs) (laughs) I do not know, sir. Consult your local idiotic college professor. Stop trying to rock your muffin to sleep and burp it. (laughs) And uh, stick around. And uh, so a new violent crime uh, poll or study that is just dumb. I just want to get it out there so that when you hear somebody react to it, you know how dumb it is. All right. Uh, If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Guys, get this. Uh, Mercedes just unveiled a new electric concept car that's made from sustainable materials like mushrooms, cacti, and food scraps. If you thought Tesla owners were annoying, just wait for a guy whose electric car is also vegan. <laughs> I gotta say, it's not the best feeling when you know that your seatbelt is made of fruit roll-ups. <laughs> Are we Tesla owners annoying? I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> it depends on the person, I, I suppose. Yeah, I don't. I, I've known several and haven't found them annoying at all. Um. What was I going to say about the car? Maybe it's a California thing. I don't know. Could be Tesla, Mercedes, sustainability. Oh, fruit roll-ups. Yeah. I've talked about this in the past. Like Levi's especially uh, regularly ha- hits me with ads where it says, tired of feeling conflicted when you put on those jeans no more with the new sustainably grown cotton. And I, I, <laughs> Do you people exist who feel conflicted by getting dressed in the morning uh, about no. where your clothes were grown and how much water was? Uh, maybe you do. Maybe the younger generation does. I do not. I do not concern myself with those things. You know, if I found out a certain brand that I favored used exclusively Chinese slave cotton, yeah, that, well, that might affect uh, I, my buying decision. Yeah, going forward, I might not, but I, I'd still put the pants on that I already own. Um, t- uh, Tesla, speaking of Tesla and China, uh, Elon Musk opening up a plant there right where the Uyghurs are and the slaves. What's going on with that? We got we to look into that story. Yeah, yeah, we should. It's It's tough. It gives me seriously conflicting feelings about old Elon, who oh, really? I admire I, a great deal. I don't know the details, so I look forward to hearing that. Um, So, a couple of things that you ought to know. One, you might hear about this 
study about violence and uh, conclusions being drawn from it. And as with many, many studies, uh, the, the, the how they posed the question or the criteria they used makes all the difference in the world. But the uh, drive-by media, as Rush used to call it, only concerns itself with the top numbers, and and so we get off on the wrong track. And this one, uh, the best example we've ever had is, and I don't remember the exact statistics, but it was something like two out of three women have have suffered sexual abuse at the hands of a man. But then, if you mm-hmm. looked at the criteria, it was rape, um, you know, fondling, or uh, uh what was. <laughs> Unwanted comments. Yeah, unwanted uh, comments. Explicit so, jokes yeah, in their exact, presence. Exactly. Yeah. So, and they lumped those all together to come up with that number. Well, the similar things going on with this new um, violence impact uh, study. And there is too much violence going on in America, but two, th- this is done by a UC Davis professor in California. Two thirds of Californians have experienced violence. Two thirds of Californians. Well, you hear Good that and you think, oh my God, that's way yeah. too high. Something needs to be done. Yeah. Um, but, um, what does that mean? Uh, have heard gunshots. Have come across sidewalk memorials. Whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> wait a minute. Even one of those would render this ridiculous. I've heard gunshots plenty of times. Well, yeah, in your neighborhood, though? Uh, it's, it's generally guys uh, like target practicing mm. uh, when I'm out in the hinterlands. Hearing gunshots, coming across sidewalk memorials, or learning of a violent event. Wow. Is this intentionally ridiculous? Well, it was reported on, uh, I'm not even going to mention, because it's a news outlet I like, and it was reported by someone I like. But uh, they didn't take the time as a TV news reader to think oh, yeah. this through at all. Learning of a violent event? How would you avoid learning about violent events? And if you did learn of a violent event, do you count as someone who's, quote, experienced violence in the last year? All right. So, see, that sort of stuff drives me crazy. It it feels like we're going out of our way to be misinformed and then try to make decisions based on that information. Yeah, somebody obviously is trying to accomplish something, get some sort of legislation passed or or pitch some sort of of point of view, and so they create the... The, the the poll they create the study to back up their predetermined conclusion. Come on, heard gunshots, seen sidewalk memorials, seen Elmer Fudd shoot Daffy Duck in the face. <laughs> uh, if your children play violins, you've seen violence. Um, I don't. It's just I don't know. It's just insane. But um, yeah, I'm sure I'll see that headline half a dozen times. And just a couple more things from the study, and then I'll move on. Five million people in California know someone who has been shot, which is uh, I don't, but. Five million? I don't know. And three million people know people who may commit an act of violence. If you know me, you do. What the hell is that? (laughs) I've already threatened to hit college administrators over the head with a bat this morning. You know someone who may commit an act of violence. All right. So that partially is a lead up to this. I think on how news engagement went off a cliff in 2021. This is being reported by Axios, who's a pretty good news outlet. I like them. About how interest in news just went off a cliff in all kinds of different ways last year. Now, some of it you could attribute to, um, you know, the Trump fascination. Trump left the scene mostly. Um, And, uh, you know, less people. There's no doubt Trump 
not being president has caused CNN to have fewer viewers. Yes. But a lot of this is just crappy, crappy journalism, either either dumb, like what I was just talking about, or incredibly one-sided that makes people roll their eyes, is, what, is what's driven people away from a lot of news. Engagement with news content plummeted last year compared to 2020. And I'll go through some of the numbers here, which are quite amazing. Primetime news viewership down 36% across the three major cable news networks. Fox, wow. CNN and MSNBC. The steepest decline uh, happening at CNN. Broadcast viewership down all the way around. App downloads for the top 12 mainstream publishers of news dropped 33%. Good en- gracious. Engagement in social media with news articles dropped 65%. Wow. Nothing drops 65%. Nothing drops 65%. (laughs) Websites, the top performing news websites in America dropped 8%. And there are other numbers like this. Now, they say there was a spike in uh, news for a while after January 6th, and we're coming up on that anniversary, and you're going to hear more about it than you could possibly stand. But there was a giant spike in news for a while around that. If you took that out, because that's an anomaly, then it was even worse. And I think you've got to draw conclusions from this that people have decided that this is a waste of my time to read this, listen to this, watch that. Yeah, I'm reminded of one of the old uh, truths of the advertising world is that you better have your product or your business ready uh, if we're going to hit it hard with advertising, if we're going to launch a big campaign. Because the worst thing you could possibly do to your business is bring a, a huge throng of people in if your product is no good, oh, I or see you're not ready for those people. I see where you're going with this. Because then you'll get you know many, many, many bad reviews, and you're doomed. Well, I think the Trump administration was, in a weird way, a gigantic promotion for news media. It was a soft open for the restaurant. Well, yeah, exactly. Except, uh, you know, they were thronged by just masses of people who thought, yes, current events, the news, politics, what is this all about? And they came to the, the, the cable news and the news shows and the websites and the rest of it and thought, wow, this is crap. This is garbage. I don't like it. And they checked huh. out. You know, that that's an interesting look at it, because I was I was looking at it mostly from the bad job that that most of the media has been doing. Um, and that's uh, the pretty well documented here. Oh, yeah. in Lots of places. And it's certainly true. Um, but if you're if you were new to politics and how many people got into politics for the first time because of Donald Trump? Lots and lots and lots of people. If you're new to politics and you got into it. What's the chances you didn't come away from it thinking, this is a bunch of crap? Well, we'll play the clip later of uh, Chuck Schumer, current leader of the Senate. Oh, yes. From years ago, talking about what a horror it would be to get rid of the filibuster, and now he wants to get rid of the filibuster. If you're new to politics and you see politicians doing this sort of thing, you think, what the hell is this? Are they ever honest? Do they ever say anything they actually mean? Yeah, I yeah. can see how a lot of people came to it for the first time and decided, oh, I'm not spending my time doing this. Yeah, I suggest we hammer that uh, at the beginning of Hour 2 of the show. If you're not going to be around for Hour 2, grab the podcast later, armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you get uh, podcasts, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Coming up, as I've made clear, I have this nearly uncontrollable impulse to beat down <laughs> college administrators wow. and or teachers union leaders. Wow. Uh, it's Barbaric. none are at hand, or uh, you might see me in the headlines. Oh. I might be making that uh, that violence survey come true. Uh, I will explain precisely what's whipped me up so severely uh, right after the break. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. The U.S. recorded more than one million cases of COVID-19 on Monday. However, many of those cases were backlogged from states pausing counting over the New Year's weekend. Monday, Spike brings the seven-day average to over 480,000 cases a day. You do have people when, when the kind of the, the hysteria gets going, you know, you'll have certain people that will go out and will just get tested all the time at some of these sites. And yep. that's not a good use of resources. No, or, or data. I said yesterday that that, that, and my favorite news show, Brett Bear on Fox, he said the same thing. People just can't help themselves. A right. million cases for the first time. Okay. Now let's read the second paragraph of that very report. A whole bunch of delayed numbers came in over the New Year's weekend and some from Christmas. So it's inflated to start with. We're testing more people than we've ever tested before. And the fact that it's the most any country's ever shown is meaningless because China and India don't count. And they're the only countries that have higher populations. Than us. So it's a lie front to back. And to get the vast, excited vast about majority the- of those cases are a cold. What the hell do I care who has no, a cold? I don't know. Speaking of which, Marty Macri, who's a uh, a doctor, he's uh, uh, one of the top guys at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, award-winning author, etc., wrote a piece that Barry Weiss put on our substack. I thought it was terrific. This is what got me so fired up I wanted to beat people this morning. <laughs> wow! That's, a, that's like the tenth time you've mentioned your desire to beat people. So. It's, I'm trying to let it out. Okay. <gasps> you having a good time, Joe? <laughs> Universities are supposed to be bastions of critical thinking, reason, and logic. But the COVID policies they've adopted, policies that have derailed two years of students' education and threatened to upend the upcoming spring semester, have exposed them as nonsensical, anti-scientific, and often downright cruel. Some of America's most prestigious universities are leading the charge. By the way, I, I want to spit every time I'm, I hear the phrase most prestigious yeah. university. Yeah. Yeah. The elite. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. At Georgetown University. And if I'd only thought of turning my kid into a fake pole vaulter, I could have gotten her in there. <laughs> anyway, where was I? At Georgetown University, fully vaccinated students are randomly tested for COVID every week. Using a PCR test, which can detect tiny amounts of dead virus, asymptomatic students, fully vaccinated who test positive, are ordered to a room in a designated building where they spend 10 days in confinement. Food is dropped off once a day at the door. I spoke what? To, yes, I know. I know. Wow. I spoke to several students who were holed up. One of them told me she would sometimes call a friend to come and wave at her through the window just to see a human face. Another told me that the, the experience in quarantine, quote, totally changed her feelings about the school. Everyone's just fed up at this point. People walk around the library and yell at you if you drink a sip of water. It was during finals. She told me she's thinking about transferring to an SEC school just to have an in-person experience. Yeah, that would be a great idea. Can you imagine? My niece has had half her college experience be online like alone in her room. Oh. Can you imagine looking back on college oh. and half of the time you were alone in a room? So sad. Yeah. 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 Uh, here's where you're going to want to grab your kid's ball bat. Given the fact that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has recently changed the official quarantine period from 10 days to 5, I reached out to Georgetown's pu- Chief Public Health Officer, Dr. Renit Mishori. She told me that Georgetown is still using a 10-day quarantine. 
Students are at the lowest risk. They are the lowest risk population on planet Earth. Over the last six months, the risk of a person in the broader age group, 15 to 24, dying of COVID or dying, dying of COVID or dying with COVID, and the CDC does not clearly distinguish, the risk was 0.001%. In other words, nobody. All or nearly all of those deaths were in a very specific subgroup, unvaccinated people with medical comorbidities. But despite Georgetown's strict vaccination, masking, testing, and quarantine requirements, the university announced late last month that, quote, all university events, including meetings with visitors, will need to be held virtually or outdoors, among many other restrictions. That doctor that was on Joe Rogan's show, we haven't talked about that, and he got pulled off of YouTube and canceled on Twitter and all kinds of different stuff. But that doctor was talking about the mass hysteria that's going on. And that, yeah. how, how, what else would you call this other than mass hysteria? It's weird. At Princeton University, fully vaccinated students are not allowed to leave the county unless they're on a sports team. They're also testing all students twice a week. Every single one of them usurping the scarce testing supply from vulnerable communities so the low-risk young people can use them. Low risk, it's no risk. At Cornell, masks are still the rule and even recommended outdoors. Masks (laughs) must be worn indoors at all times, etc., etc. So you're, you're, you're healthy and at zero risk from death no matter what. But you're going to wear a mask outside. Wow. In nearby Boston at Emerson College, students are tested twice a week, have in stay in room orders. The college instructs students to, quote, only leave their residence halls or place of residence for testing, meals, medical appointments, necessary employment, or to get mail. I Seriously. I feel like this has become something that is going to be studied for centuries, like the tulip craze, you know, that is one of the great economic stories that survived right. for hundreds of years. I think this is, this is Salem witch burning times a million. It's so crazy. Yeah. And he points out, Dr. Macri points out, the data simply do not justify any of it. Well, he asks, where's the scientific support for masking outdoors? Science, uh, institutions of higher learning where, where science is supposedly held in the highest esteem. So what about the outdoor masking? Where's the scientific support for constantly testing fully vaccinated young people? Where's the support for the confinement of asymptomatic young people who test positive for a virus to which they are already immune on a campus full of other immune people? The data simply do not justify any of it. According to the CDC, the risk of a fully vaccinated adult Ending up in the hospital for COVID was one in 26,000, most recently. Who was that one person? Not a college student. An analysis uh, by age found the average vaccinated person is 72 years old. And the average age of a vaccinated person dying of COVID is 80. The data clearly tell us the risk of a breakthrough COVID infection resulting in severe illness is extremely rare. And when it does, it's septuagenarians and octogenarians. So, if if it's a policy that is affecting you or a loved one, it makes you angry. Um, and I understand why it would. Or if uh, you prize liberty, I might suggest it makes you angry. But if I can step outside of the anger for a second, just trying to observe it, like, as human nature, because it's clearly a thing, right? It's happening all across the country in, in certain areas. It seems to be people on the left, primarily, who it have that would view? Seem so yes, that have that view of the world. What 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 do you think it is? Because oh, oh, originally, I thought a lot of it was just the typical litigation. It's the reason we can't have you know 
playground equipment on playgrounds. The school's worried about getting sued. But it's it's not that. It's beyond that now. It's some sort of weird. We got. Well, what do you think, Michael? I think people want to be part of a club, and uh, by wearing the good. mask, it's like, hey, I'm part of this. That's well, definitely and it's part, part of, of the whole "I'm anti-Trump" thing. If I'm all, uh, if I'm just weeping, gnashing my teeth, screeching about COVID all the time, that shows that I'm not Trump. Yeah, I hate Trump. That's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good explanation, Michael. I was going more with the like prizing immortality too much or something like that that doesn't make sense because there's no risk of actually getting hurt or dying here the being not only part of your club not part of that club because the way a lot of the mainstream media talks about the unvaccinated in trump states just being you know knuckle dragging morons yeah clearly you you want to not want to be one of those so right right i will point out that the death rate among the unvaccinated is 10 times as high as the vaccinated. Oh, yeah, yeah, Keep yeah. Keep in mind yeah. as you make no, your decision. I'm pro-vaccination. I got it, and I'm going to get the booster. Very quickly, about schools. A total of 803 American children have died from COVID or with COVID or with COVID over the past two years. That's less than the uh, typical number of deaths of many, many diseases. Yet they're still talking about closing the schools or doing it in Chicago. Recent study of children in Germany found no healthy child between 5 and 17 died of COVID. Um when nearly every children were unvaccinated, zero in the whole country of tens of millions of people, not a single child died. But they're closing schools in Chicago today. Right. Teachers unions are evil, evil, evil. If you miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty dot com. Armstrong and Getty.